Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty with another edition of the Eagle Hour. My buddy Kelly Dancing, Kelly Santer, is here in the First Bank studio with me, along uh, with our illustrious producer, of course, uh, Dalton Stanford. Esquire. 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 Dalton Stanford. We're all here at the First Bank studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke is off for the remainder of the week. He and his bride are down on the Gulf Coast soaking up the sun. Well, good for them. Yeah, they can get some them. time together. Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun Herald. Uh, we're hunting Patrick down as we speak. Uh, he's scheduled to be on the show today. We expect we'll find him in the next 15 or 20 minutes. Tim Healy is the play-by-play voice for Arizona State Baseball. He'll be on the show at uh, 1.40 this afternoon. Then we're going to wrap things up a little later in the show with Joey Hawkins. We're going to tell you about a new a sports talk show that is debuting tonight on our Hattiesburg and Laurel affiliates here with Super Talk. Uh, but first, I want to remind you that the opening segment of the show today and every day is sponsored by our good friends at Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Eagle Hour. If you've got an event coming up with your church, with your office, uh, with your family, we'd encourage you to uh, call Justin and the gang at Dickey's in Hattiesburg, and they'll do all the cooking for you. They'll deliver it to your house, set it up for you, do whatever you need to make sure your event is special. I want to thank Dickey's Barbecue for their support of the Eagle Hour. I love, and I've said this before, but the creamed spinach. And people go, oh, I don't like spinach. I said, I, I get that. But the way they prepare it with uh, you know a little bit of sour cream, a little bit of uh, cheese, it looks like goes in there. Man, it's it's really you good. Eat that and the ice cream. I mean, we had that discussion one day. What do you mean, eat that and the ice cream? Scott Berry <laughs> said, "Well, whatever he likes." I've guess, never but. met any food I didn't really like. Yeah, so you have the cream spinach and then a little ice cream on top of it. Is that what you do? <laughs> if need be? Oh, if need, uh, if I'm in a hurry, uh-huh. you know. But uh, but really, is is there a food that you absolutely refuse to eat? Uh, coconut. You know, I'm mm. I'm not a big coconut fan I don't either. Like coconut. I'll eat it if I have to. No, but, I don't like it. Um, but I don't think there's a single food that I. That it's I what eat. I think it would be like eating lice. I mean, it's just. Uh, I'm not a big. I'm not a big oyster guy. I know, like fried oysters and clams and stuff like that. I don't like clam fried oysters. I like. You don't okay. eat fried oysters? No, no. I, just, I, I mean, I will if I have to. If you have to, you know. But at some point in your life, if somebody force oysters <laughs> down your throat, no. But I'm just saying, if that were the case, I'm trying to imagine that as a possible. If I was scenario, kidnapped by Cajuns, you know, if I was kidnapped by Cajuns, talk or we will. I'll make you eat. Stick these oysters down your throat. Yeah, we're gonna I stick tell, the oysters. I tell people all the time, one of the things I just will not eat it's crawfish, and they look at me sometimes. Yeah, I'm not a crawfish guy. I mean, it's too much work. Oh, I like yeah. I like crawfish. It's so. just too much work. Yeah, <laughs> but but you're married well you know yeah. all about work yeah 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 <laughs> i mean that's, uh, no, i guess there's only i guess there's only so much work in any one person right that's but, correct <laughs> yeah. not, man people are crazy about crawfish yeah though. people that like it they're just crazy crazy about crawfish oh, 
All right, so Tim Healy is going to be joining us later. He's the uh, play-by-play voice for Arizona State. And you had an interesting uh, observation. Uh, a guy that you admire greatly, uh, the longtime coach of your Cincinnati Bengals, is now with Arizona State. Yeah, well, Herm Lewis, you know, who was used to be the Jets coach and was on ESPN and an NFL analyst, he's the head football coach there at Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And uh, they announced today that Marvin Lewis, the former coach of the Bengals, is going to go be an assistant coach for uh, Herm Edwards. So, I mean, if, if you're a, a Sun Devil fan, and if your goal is to play in the NFL, which I guess most, most mm-hmm. college guys, that is their dream, I guess you got two good ones there in Herm Lewis and, and right. Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis to get you to the next level. Well, they know football. You know, yeah. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, so, but, but, but good luck. Right. <laughs> hey, we're going to be on the road tomorrow. We're going to be at Sully's uh, Steakhouse down in Purvis. That just sounds good, talking about it. And I got word today, I hope this comes to pass, but I got word today that none other than women's basketball coach Joy Lee McNellis is coming to Sully's to join us and co-host the show with us tomorrow. So she's going to be in person instead of on the phone. In person. How well, about good. that? Well, good. to see I know she's got some basketball camps coming up we can talk right, about. Right, uh, uh, Jay Ladner, That's of course, right. will have his first round of bat. This is the time of year where the assistant coaches really, you know, because – Assistant coaches obviously don't make the money that head coaches do. So head coaches, in order to help out their assistants, allow their assistants to conduct the basketball camps, football camps, what have you. And that helps uh, that helps supplement the income of the assistant coaches. So it's a big time of year also for parents who want to get the kids out of the house, mm-hmm. you know, and not just have them playing Fortnite all, all day or whatever the video game of the week is. I don't know. Um, you know, get them out of the house and, and get them active. Uh, right. So all sorts of uh, summer camps coming up at Southern Miss and a bunch of different sports now you and i we're big fans of joy lee we like her a lot personally but you know what so it'll be great to have lunch with her and have her down but the greatest thing will be if for whatever reason you and i are not in a very talkative mood we can let her go. Oh, she can. I mean, she's she per- the show. perfectly capable of uh, of, yeah, of doing con- the show, conducting the show herself, asking the questions. In fact, and- now that I think about it, we could go eat a steak and just let her handle the radio. And that foot long Philly cheesesteak, yeah, you know, would go really well tomorrow. Yeah, um, should be good. Yeah, so and of course, Sully's has two locations: the one there at the South Hattiesburg exit, uh, and then there's the one in Petal now too, and both of them mm-hmm. just doing very very well. Esquire's so. even coming with us. The Dalton J. Stanford? Esquire. Is yes. it Dalton J.? Dalton J. Stanford. No, is, it's John Dalton Stanford. It's oh, it oh, J.D. John Dalton. Yeah. J.D. Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Esquire. Like Esquire. He'll be there. You wearing a shirt and tie? Yeah. Yeah. You guys have actually oh, never seen me, I don't think, clean up before Todd. you know, Kelly and I, whenever up. Kelly and I are on the road, we're in full formal wear. Kelly, too. Yeah, yeah. I'll have on uh, some, you know, cutoffs and a Megadeth T-shirt tomorrow, you know, probably, <laughs> <laughs> if we're lucky. Uh, you know, so the Eagles are off. They, they, they left yesterday to uh, Baton Rouge and uh, working out at some point today. I know the, the Sun Devils are actually practicing as we speak mm-hmm. uh, down there at Alex Box and uh, getting ready for the regional tomorrow. At uh, now, now, and I have I've kind of been following the, the news about the passing of Thad Cochran, but has uh, have the Eagles named a starter yet? I don't know. When, when we find Patrick, when, yeah. when we locate him, uh, the yacht must still be out of range coming back into the sound. Uh, we're going to ask him about that. Here's my question uh, for you about that, Kelly. I've had a lot of guys 
talking to me this week about the regional, and they seem to believe there seems to be this consensus of opinion that whoever wins this game between Southern Miss and Arizona State might very well win the regional. I, and I said on uh, in the last show that I, that I was on with you guys, is LSU, I do not think, will win the region. Uh, yeah, they've got the home, the home field advantage. It just has not been a very good year for them mm-hmm. by any litmus test. And if you ask LSU fans, they'll tell you the same thing. You know, if, if there's anybody that would ever admit that the, the, uh, the SEC aristocracy, you know, of getting, getting to host a regional, the LSU folks will say if there was anybody that didn't deserve it based on expectations, it would have been them. You know, mm-hmm. this year, but look, that's the way that's the way the cards were dealt. But I think so. I, I, you know, I thought that that Arizona State's overall body work and the inconsistency of Southern, you know, if if the Eagles will play that game tomorrow like they have been playing, and there's no reason to think that they wouldn't, you know, then then they're going to be sitting pretty well. But but if the Eagle team that goes through those ruts and can't, uh, can't score any runs and, and just kicks the ball around. If that team shows up, it could be a right. long day, you know. Right. Uh, we're going to have Patrick on here when the next segment starts. Uh, Kelly, we, we see that Arizona State's a big, powerful hitting team. Two kids on the team with more home runs than Matt Walner. Pitching was obviously the strength for Southern Miss. And, I, and I've noticed since Coach Oz has been there, he, t- he seems to teach kids to pitch the ball down when they're owned. They're pitching really low strikes. Is that how you keep the power away from a team like Arizona State? Well, it's tougher to hit the ball out when it's, when it's down. And you want to come – of course, on the pitcher's mound, you're already up above – Mm-hmm. Right above the hitter, so if you can, if in particular, that's why they like pitchers to be six, you know, six five, six six, those type of guys, and get way up here right. on top and throw, you know, at at the down, at the down angle. But this this should be a good matchup of Southern Miss's pitching, which usually wins. If good pitching is good, even against good hitting, the pitching will usually emerge victorious. So if the Eagle pitchers can continue to throw like they have been, they should win. Forget everything else. They so should that's win. a coaching philosophy, right? A pitching coaching philosophy. We want the ball going downhill. We want the ball low in the strike zone, and we want the ball going downhill. That's why, again, you get the six six guys as opposed to the five eight guys. Mm-hmm. The five eight guys just and so it'll come in more flat. Right. Okay, it's tougher. You know, it's tougher to hit that ball so when it's at a moving angle, like a Walker Powell or like your son. They have an advantage. Absolutely, do the height. That's why people go. I don't understand. This kid's five ten. He gets people out. He does. But again, it's all a numbers game. And those taller guys with those arc angles just tend to have better success overall. All right, Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun Herald. We found him. He'll be with us in the next segment. Also, Tim Healy from Arizona State coming up, and Joey Hawkins. A full show. We'll be right back to continue it after this.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, and J.D. Esquire producing here in the First Bank Studio. J.D. Stanford Esquire. J.D. Stanford Esquire. I'm sorry. You know, Bob, all those years, that because you, you you were the sports anchor at Channel 7, and, and I think people know this by now. I actually took your place when you went, went on to, up to Greenville. But all those years, I did sports. And people will still say, man, I really enjoyed you doing the weather. And <laughs> I go, weather? Okay. Now, 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 a lot of guys used to call my wife at the house and ask her if the coast was clear. But I wonder if that was the same. The same. Well, what people say to me is, uh, oh, you used to be the guy on TV. And I go, well, yeah. And they go, oh, I see you developed a face for radio. So I don't, I don't know how to take that. This segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our friends on Hardy Street have this biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere. Uh, they're open six days a week. You can uh, shop Monday through Saturday on Hardy Street if you're living in other parts of the state. Just go to CampusBookmart.net and they'll ship your swag right to your front door. And now's the time to get all the new stuff for uh, football season before yeah, it's no picked question. over. You know. All right. Speaking of that, uh, Patrick McGee, the uh, one and only professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, joins us from the beautiful Mississippi Gulf Coast. And, uh, Patrick, before I get into this football news that you broke today, any word on who's going to start uh, on the mound tomorrow for the Golden Eagles? Uh, Southern Miss is yet to officially announce it, but uh, – I think just all indications kind of point towards Gabe Shepard getting the ball game one. And it makes sense because he's got six days rest uh, while both, uh, while Walker Powell, who had been the other option, is only on four days after throwing, you know, 140 plus pitches last week and throwing on Sunday. So it it makes sense, uh, even though that, you know, they've been cautious with Shepard throughout the season coming off Tommy John surgery. It's pretty obvious. Uh, he's pretty healthy right now, so I think on six days it makes a lot of sense to go with Shepard with the way he pitched last time out. I know people are trying to make this sound dramatic, but to me, if if they go that way, to me, and of course it's not official, but to me that would be only natural. You go with the hot hand, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I, mean, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean, going with Shepard I think makes a lot of sense. It's uh, uh, that's who you want game one, and uh, but, you know if you face Arizona State or LSU first time, uh, first two times out, that's. Uh, two tough lineups that you got to face, but uh, Shepard against Arizona State, uh, the team that leads the nation in home runs, I'm really kind of looking forward to that matchup. A lot of people uh, seem to think that uh, the winner of that game has a really good chance of winning the tournament. Patrick, what do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, LSU on its home field is going to have a huge home field advantage. They're still a good team. They haven't been the greatest in the last month. Uh, they're like 8-8 eight and eight in the month of uh, May. Uh, so, but they played, you know, really good competition, of course, and they made a pretty decent showing in the SEC tournament. I expect LSU to play well. Uh, it's just going to be up to either Southern Miss or Arizona State to really kind of play up to their potential and, and win in Baton Rouge. So, yeah, it's, a, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a wide open field, uh, but it's pretty close between those one, two, and three seeds. Correct. All right. I don't, I don't want to get off of baseball, but we've talked about it all week. I want to talk to you about football for a minute because this morning I caught your article uh, where you uh, revealed some televised football games. And uh, pretty exciting to see that the uh, Southern Miss-Mississippi State game will be on ESPNU. And then new to Conference USA, and I was, I was really happy to see this, the, uh, the uh, October 9th game with UAB and then the finale on December the 30th, if I read that correctly. Maybe that should have been November, November the 30th. Uh, on the NFL channel, that's, that's new for the conference, isn't it? 
Yeah, at NFL Network, they announced it, I guess, well, it was two weeks ago, uh, that they've got an agreement with NFL Network to have 10, home game, uh, 10 games broadcast on there. And I think it may be uh, NFL Network's basically taking over a similar package to what BN Sports had before. So that's a major upgrade right. uh, to go from you know broadcasting those games on BN to NFL Network. I don't know if Southern Miss is really getting much financially out of that, but in terms of exposure compared to what they were getting before, it is a you know a major boost. Uh, NFL Network's not on every television set, but it's on a lot of you know a lot. It's usually part of a, a special package, and I think most people have that. You know, if they have a cable account. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, getting on NFL Network, Southern Miss has got three games: uh, Louisiana Tech, UAB, and FAU. Uh, so you know, three out of those ten games are going to be Southern Miss. So oh. I, I, you know, overall, I, I didn't see the Louisiana Tech. That's a that's an NFL Network game too, as well, huh? Right, yeah, October 19th, Louisiana Tech, uh, November 9th, UAB, and November 30th, FAU. Okay, well, good deal. And then the North Texas game is on uh, Facebook through Stadium, which that's, right. that sounds kind of weak, but, you know, it's a, it's a pretty decent broadcast, I think, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good production. I think uh, the Facebook account uh, broadcast actually maybe get a little bit more uh, traffic and views than some of the other stuff like ESPN Plus. So it's going to be there available all. And of course, the ESPN Plus, I'm counting one, two, three, uh, six of those. And that's obviously part of that uh, package where it's four ninety nine a month. I think a lot of Southern Miss fans have signed up for that. So uh, every game this season, people are going to be able to watch. You know, they haven't announced for Alabama, but you know they'll probably be an ESPN two game or something like that. So uh, every game this season, Southern Miss fans will be able to watch in some way. Well, you know, the good thing about those games on the Facebook channel is that uh, not only will you get to see the game, you'll get to see pictures of what people ordered at the concession stand. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. With, with yum written underneath it. Yes, exactly. With their kids surrounded all around them. Right. You know? <laughs> now, baseball tournament this weekend, you can, you can find it on ESPN3. Is that correct? Yeah, the the LSU game on Saturday night will be on ESPNU, but the Southern Miss-Arizona State game will be uh, ESPN3. And I think maybe if Southern Miss gets to that uh, uh, 6 p.m. game on Saturday, uh, that may be a, a game that's on one of the ESPN networks. Uh, but ESPN3, I mean, all games are going to be available on ESPN3 as long as you have the cable account uh, subscription to where you can just log in with your details, uh, your account, you know, whatever email you have and whatever your password is. So. Yeah, every game's going to be available as long as you have that ESPN3 account. With the way that media is evolving, and and certainly with all due respect because what Patrick is still in print media, but as, as a lot of newspapers across the country have downsized and are really suffering, I, you know, I, I hope we don't get to a point, though, that where everything in the future is going to be subscription service. You know, the only yeah. way the only way you can see this game is to pay four ninety nine a month for this and nine ninety nine a month for that. Or you know, it kind of started, I guess, with with the NFL Sunday Ticket with Directv and the extra innings package and all these sorts of things. But it sure looks, Patrick, that that's the way things are going, huh? Well, I mean, that's it. It was that way anyway. Uh, you know, you have to pay for ESPN. You have to pay for all. I mean, it's always been that way. I mean, every, nothing's free these days unless you get on one of the broadcast networks. Uh, you know, CBS, ABC, where you can pick it up over Viantenna. So, uh, so sports fans have always been paying for, you know, watching games for as long as we can remember it, as soon as cable was, uh, you know, uh, came up, I guess, was in the 70s or whatever. So, uh, in one way or another, yeah, they just add on more fees and more subscriptions. So, there are more avenues, more things that you have to pay for to watch games. But uh, that's the way it's headed. But, but, uh, you, but know, you do wonder, you do wonder, particularly when you're out of school like Southern Miss, which, which struggles, frankly, you know, to get people in the stands. You have to wonder, though, 
how that long term is going to affect you know, financial, you know, ticket sales and whatnot of these games when people can sit in the air-conditioned comfort of their home and watch a game no matter where it is anywhere in the world almost anymore. Well, I mean, it's been that way for over a decade now. Uh, I mean, pretty much every Southern Miss game has been available to watch. And I think, uh, I think across college football, I mean, you've seen that slight uh, dwindling of attendance at a lot of, you know, programs. And I think it's only eventuality before we see that even, you know, major programs like Alabama uh, where people maybe stay home and watch, uh, watch games. But uh, it's really hurt, I think, the mid-major programs and even some smaller major programs uh, to where they've seen uh, attendance kind of drop a little bit just because access to video games has been around for a while now. This is something that uh, it's here. I mean, every game is going to be able to, you're going to be able to watch it in some way. All right, Patrick, one minute left. What do the Golden Eagles have to do to win the regional tournament? Uh, do everything well. <laughs> uh, they have to get the pitching. They have to keep the pitching uh, going like they did in the regional. I don't you know, I don't think anybody's under the illusion that they're just going to keep shutting people out the way they had the last couple of games. But, uh, you know, as long as Shepard comes out and throws well, they have to win game one. If they don't win game one, it's really tough. I mean, maybe they could get back through and play an LSU, but you would have to beat an LSU twice in that situation. So Southern Miss has got to win once and then hope things kind of bounce your way and they can stay hot. You know, it's in the, it, when we look back to 2009 where Southern Miss kind of rolled their way to the College World Series, they hit the ball really well. Uh, B.A. Ballmuth as a freshman kind of stepped up and made the difference uh, there at the plate. And I think maybe this time around it could be pitching where a freshman like Gabe Shepard kind of uh, is the guy that steps up and can kind of make a difference. So if Shepard comes out and throws well and kind of uh, was able to kind of build on what he did last time out. I think Southern Miss has got a great chance to stay on the winner's side of the bracket and get through uh, and, and Walker Powell against possibly an LSU or, or even if it has to be Stony Brook, you have to feel pretty good about that game as well. So it sets up pretty well for Southern Miss. They just have to get the pitching and be able to produce at the plate enough. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're not going to be able to shut down Arizona State, you wouldn't think. So they've got to hit the ball a little bit better. And looking at pitching for Arizona State and LSU, you don't see many strong lefties in there. I think maybe this is a, a regional where Southern Miss matchups well because they always seem to hit right-handers a little bit better. So I, I think this is a situation where Southern Miss is set up to succeed in a way and is a three-seat. So I, I think Southern Miss is positioned well to – as long as they just come out and just play like they had the last week, I think Southern Miss has got a chance to challenge. And, again, we're assuming that Gabe gets the start. Correct. Yeah, nothing right. official yet. Right. right. All right, Professor, thanks very much. Enjoy your weekend. We look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, sounds good. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Tim Healy is the play-by-play voice for the Arizona State Sun Devil baseball team. He's our next guest on the Eagle Hour. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, and Dalton Stanford Esquire here at the First Bank Studios 
in Hattiesburg, the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state of Mississippi this afternoon, wherever you might be listening. I want to thank Patrick McGee for the Biloxi Sun-Herald for joining us uh, in the previous segment. Always enjoy talking to the professor and catching up on all the sports news uh, involving Conference USA and Southern Miss from Patrick. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill right here in Hattiesburg. If you're in town for a ball game, you got to check them out. Great plate lunches uh, five days a week. Great sandwiches. Biggest collection of Southern Miss memorabilia probably anywhere. Pool tables, all kinds of fun stuff, right, Kelly? Oh, I can't tell you how much money I'm making on the side shooting pool at 4th Are Street. You? You're like the Jackie Gleason hustler from <laughs> that, the old days. That's Is that me, right? all right. Yeah. All right, uh, the Golden Eagles, of course, in Baton Rouge, getting ready to take on uh, Arizona State University tomorrow afternoon. Arizona State, we think, maybe at, at uh, Alex Box Stadium right now practicing. The voice of the Sun Devils, uh, gracious to come on the Eagle Hour, and we're really glad to have Tim Healy on the show. Tim, thanks for your time, and uh, welcome uh, to the South. Welcome. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be with you. Actually, the Sun Devils actually finished up their practice session a little while ago and back at the hotel already. And I think the Golden Eagles have their shot on the field this afternoon. And then I believe Stony Brook, the fourth team in this regional, will follow them with a late afternoon practice. LSU was the first to go out. But it's fun for Arizona State to be back in a regional after a two-year absence. That was certainly a source of angst for fans of one of the historically most successful programs in college baseball history. So it's a really cool deal to see ASU back in the tournament. And to have them come to such a, uh, a, a hallowed venue, if you will, as Alex Box Stadium at LSU is an extra thrill. Tim, I have, I have to pick on you a little bit, Tim, because the news broke this morning that, uh, that Herm Edwards hired Marvin Lewis as an assistant football coach at Arizona, at Arizona State. I'm a Bengal fan, so I preface this by saying, what was Coach Edwards thinking? <laughs> Well, he's not an assistant coach. He's just, uh, he's kind of, uh, I don't know if you'd say an advisor, but uh, okay. I, I think it's a great addition. Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of full circle because uh, Marvin Lewis is uh, good, very good friends of uh, one of ASU's former uh, head coaches, Dirk Cutter. And in fact, Marvin's daughter, Whitney, used to work with me uh, in, the, uh, uh, in the office at uh, Arizona State, the group that ran our radio network about, uh, I want to say, 10 or 15 years ago. Lovely gal. I'm not sure what Whitney's doing now, but uh, uh, it's kind of uh, come full circle, if you will. Uh, you know, I think Marvin has always kind of had a thing for ASU, given the fact that his daughter worked here with Dirk having coached there and certainly has a great relationship with Herm Edwards. And uh, I'll tell you what, anything Herm Edwards does, I'm fully behind. That was a fantastic hire. Uh, It was criticized all over the country. And I think uh, Herm, his staff, and his team proved the critics wrong with uh, the way Arizona State played on the gridiron last year. I think the future of our football program is bright. And, you know, I don't know what you think of Marvin, you know, Marvin as a head coach with the Bengals. Yeah, no, I, I, I was just kidding. It. Yeah, I was just I kidding. I look at it, and now he got, to the, he got to the playoffs a lot, and he's going to bring a whole lot of, uh, uh, of cachet to me. Uh, you know, if you're talking about 
kids who want to come to college and uh, play football and have a chance to go on and play in the pros, and you have yeah. the chance to pick the brain of a guy who, as a head coach in the NFL, I mean, Herm Edwards was too, right. but now you have uh, additional uh, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, guy in Marvin Lewis, so I think, I think, I think it's a great hire. Uh, he's not a coach, he, gotcha. like I said, a special advisor or some such thing, but... Uh, yeah. Still, will be a valuable. Not many college program. programs with two former NFL coaches associated. Yeah, and again, with the if you if you want to play in the, in the league, who who better to, right. to get that from? I was just I was just yeah. picking. And, we were just and fun. not only not only those two, but you, you may I don't know if you realize, but you got a future soon to be inducted NFL Hall of Famer on the Arizona State staff, Kevin Mawai, You know who's going into the Hall of Fame this August uh, is also uh, in a non coaching advisory capacity in the ASU football program. So uh, uh, when they hired Herm, they said that Arizona State was going to build a football infrastructure very similar to a National Football League team, and uh, they are going about doing that. And so far, I have to say, the plans worked. No question. All right, Tim, let me ask you about the baseball team. I think at one point the hottest team in the country, 25-1, and if I have this right. Kind of cooled off the last half of the season, but overall a very good baseball team. Uh, Let us know what was the difference in the first half and second half of the season and what Golden Eagle fans – can expect that we think there'll be a lot of them down there when uh, the Sun Devils and the Golden Eagles lock up tomorrow afternoon. Well, I think one of the one of the things you obviously can point to is the fact that in all candor, the Sun Devils did not have a, a ultra competitive or difficult non-conference schedule. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at any strength of schedule metric, and especially non-conference strength of schedule metric, and ASU did not play a particularly challenging. Uh, non-conference uh, schedule, and they were able to uh, stockpile wins uh, early on against that schedule. And then once you start getting into the meat of the Pac-12 conference schedule, the Pac-12 was one of the best leagues in the country this year. I mean, three uh, you know for for a good chunk of this season, UCLA, Oregon State, and Stanford were not only three of the top five ranked teams in the country. At, I think in one or more polls, they were the top three ranked mm-hmm. teams in the country. And uh, that's a pretty meaty schedule to go against. And, uh, and you know, ASU, not only did they have a, t- a soft non-conference schedule, but the early part of their Pac-12 play was uh, stacked up with uh, opponents that ended up finishing near the bottom of the league. But then once you get into April, you're going up against Oregon State. And then a couple weeks later, you're hosting UCLA. And a couple weekends after that, you're hosting Stanford. And uh, you had to go on a trip to California, and they're a good team in, in an NCAA regional. So uh, the schedule got more challenging. And yet, if you look closely, while the Sun Devils only managed to win one of their last eight uh, weekend series in April and May, they were very competitive in all of them. They lost two of three to Oregon, easily could have won that series. Uh, lost two out of three to UCLA, might have been able to win that series. And last weekend, they were one strike away from a series win against Stanford. Uh, a two-out, three-run homer in the top of the ninth inning uh, gave Stanford a 3-2 to two win in the regular season finale and, and the series-clinching game of that series. Otherwise, Arizona State would have had a series win against a top-five opponent in Stanford. Uh, they played pretty competitive baseball. Uh, but they've played against uh, you know tougher opponents these last couple of months. Right. And Arizona State isn't Tim Arizona State like one of the the mega schools as far as enrollment goes, and one of the the most populous undergraduate um, 
enrollment basis? Number one, number one in the nation, I believe. Yeah. I think the student enrollment something over seventy thousand. I mean, it's Good unbelievable. Gracious. But it's, uh, I think it's the, uh, I think it's the number one uh, school in the country in terms of the total uh, student body enrollment. But uh, yeah, for sure, it's. Uh, it's a growing, uh, growing school. The president, Michael Crow, has been a, a dynamic leader of the university and uh, very interested in uh, uh, his school's uh, athletic team's performances. Did, did the because of the way the Sun Devils finished the season, Tim? Did they ever maybe in, in talking with the personnel there? Were they ever in doubt that they were going to go to a regional? Did they feel good about about uh, their postseason chances? Yeah, I think I don't think they were ever in doubt. I think they felt like they were getting in pretty much all along. Uh, every uh, projection you saw had Arizona State as a two seed in someone else's regional. I think had they been able to maintain the early season success, they likely would have hosted. And it would have been great because uh, five years ago the school moved uh, into a brand-new stadium, and not a brand-new stadium, but a new home for Arizona State baseball, Phoenix Municipal Stadium, which – has been a, had been the longtime spring training home of the Oakland Athletics, and uh, it's just a wonderful facility and tailor made, in my opinion, to host a regional or a super regional. But they just haven't been able uh, to do that yet since uh, they moved there in 2015. But uh, so they lost a chance to host, but. Uh, I think they felt like they were in all along, and uh, they are, you know, I think what your fans are going to see is this is a team that when they're on, their offense is one of the best in the country. They're the top home run hitting team in the country, and uh, in fact, uh, tomorrow you're going to see three of the top individual sluggers in the nation on the same field. Uh, your guy, Matt Walner, has uh, 21 home runs, and He's tied for 10th in the nation, and one of the guys he's tied with is Arizona State first baseman Spencer Torkelson, who's been a phenomenal uh, power hitter his first two years at ASU. And then the Sun Devils center fielder Hunter Bishop, who may very well be a top-10 pick in the Major League draft next week, uh, he led the Pac-12 with 22 home runs on the season. So uh, three outstanding sluggers, two teams that can hit the long ball. Arizona State uh, ranks in the top 15 in the nation in team batting, slugging, runs scored, runs per game, hits, and they lead the country in home runs. It's an offense that can be pretty dynamic. Uh, they're an improved defensive team, uh, fourth in the nation in double plays. Their infield defense has been terrific at times. Uh, the key component with them is can they pitch it well enough? And over the last couple of weeks of the season, even though they had the series wins were hard to come by, one of the most improved components of ASU's team uh, was their pitching. Uh, their pitching the last couple of weekends was pretty darn good and really was outstanding in last weekend's series against Stanford. All right, Tim, we appreciate it very much. Uh, very nice of you to take the time to talk to us. I look forward to a great ball game tomorrow afternoon. It'll be a good one, and uh, appreciate you guys having me on. All right, Tim Healy, everybody, play-by-play voice for Arizona State University, 12 o'clock tomorrow, Eagles and Sun Devils at LSU. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us. Uh, about to talk to a baseball co- or football coach. I'm sorry, baseball coach. Football coach Joey Hawkins here in just a couple of minutes uh, about a new show that's debuting on our South Mississippi stations here uh, tonight, actually, at 6 o'clock. I want to thank Tim Healy from Arizona State University for joining us uh, in the second segment, along with Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Quick reminder that uh, Kelly and I will be at Sully Steakhouse in Purvis tomorrow afternoon. We're looking forward to that show at 1 o'clock. Joy Lee McNella scheduled to join us, of course, the uh, basketball coach for the Lady Eagles. Uh, she's going to come down talk about her basketball camps, have lunch with me and Kelly, and I say, hey, we let her co-host the show. That's that's the only way that w- that I'd ever get you know somebody like Joy Lee to hang out with me is to offer, <laughs> offer, to- offer her lunch. <laughs> of course. And, th- and then I think it's because I'm there. Well, uh, the the animal magnetism that is uh, that is yeah, Bob Getty. I'm Italian, and you know before before we even blink, Bob, it's going to be football season, right? You know, and and one of the shows that'll be uh, premiering here tonight in in Laurel and Hattiesburg actually has two main. Two mainstays in the high school uh, football area, Coach Joey Hawkins, who for many years uh, was at uh, Jackson Academy Presbyterian Christian. He's co-host of the show with uh, Neville Barr, who led uh, Oak Grove High School here in the Hattiesburg area locally to a state championship in 2000 and uh, fall of 2013. All right, got to join me in just a second. want to remind you this segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center, the largest inventory at best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Uh, You can check out their website or you can pay them a visit on highway 49 in gulfport and we thank gulfport home center for their sponsorship of the eagle hour all right tonight at six o'clock on hattiesburg and laurel super talk stations 97.3 and 99.3 is the debut of inside the locker room with two legendary football coaches we have one of them on the phone with us right now, Joey Hawkins, who I might add also coached at Indianola Academy. Coach Hawkins is a Delta guy. Am I right, Coach Hawkins? That's exactly right, Bob. I grew up in the Delta there a long time. All right. Tell us about the show. Six o'clock tonight on our Super Talk affiliates in Hattiesburg and Laurel. What are we going to hear, Coach? Well, we, we've got a great show. we we got Jim Weatherly, and Jim was a quarterback from 62 to 65 at Ole Miss. And he's one of the most accomplished songwriters in the country. I mean, he uh, his first two songs, you think Gladys Knight and the Pips, Midnight Train to Georgia, neither one of us can say goodbye, went to number one and was a Grammy winner. And since the early 70s, uh, for close to 50 years, he's been one of the top songwriters in the country. Hmm. Midnight Train to Georgia. That's a good one. That's right. That's a good one. Conway Twitty and Sam uh, Cook. Did a version of that that was just awesome. I, I'm not aware of that. Yeah, the Gladys Knight version is the only one I've heard. Go. All right, Coach. Now you got a partner on this show too. Tell us about this guy, Neville Bard. He, he's one of the great coaches of all time. He's a great friend, and uh, you know we we've never done radio since we started last August, and uh, we've had the best time together. And uh, Neville's just the salt of the earth. He's just a wonderful person, and. Uh, We've got some great guests coming up. We got Dabo Sweeney coming up in three weeks. Terry Bradshaw's coming. So we've got some great guests. But the next guy we got tonight, we got Jim Weatherly, and then we've got Johnny Parker. Johnny Parker is the only Mississippi, a native Mississippian, with three Super Bowl rings as a coach. Right, right. He was, he was a he was a first mixed strength and conditioning guy in the seventies. Uh, he was a Parsons for eleven years. They won two Super Bowls. Went to three. 
and then he won one with John Gruden at Tampa Bay in 2003. He retired in 2008, but he's one of the great, he's really the godfather of strength and condition in the country. Everybody thinks of Johnny Parker. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote a book back in the oh, late 70s, early 80s called The System, and it's still the book that most young strength and condition guys, that's what they read first. And started at Indianola Academy, am I right about that? He was our defensive coordinator strength coach uh, when I was uh, in seventh grade. He trained seven through twelve, and I'm telling you, it was it was like if you made it through one workout with him back then, you felt you felt great about yourself. Uh, <laughs> but he was he was serious about it back then in '71, and uh, and really a great person. And uh, so we're gonna have a great show. We got Jim Welling from Pontotoc, Mississippi, one of the great songwriters, great quarterback at Ole Miss, and then Johnny Parker from Shaw, Mississippi. Right there in the depth. All right, Coach. We want you to know how happy we are to have you and Coach Barr part of the Super Talk family. Kelly, we're looking forward to it. All right, Kelly, I think, has got something here he wants well, to Well, he's not the only accomplished uh, author. You, you've got a book, Jayhawk. You haven't even talked about your book that's available. I, I know. I'm, I'm the first person who wrote a book that can't spell cat. It's really amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's on Amazon. You can get his book on Amazon. You haven't oh, yeah, even mentioned you know, get, it. Get pumped. It's kind of an inspirational book, you know. Yes, uh, I I really basically never written a paragraph in 58 years until last year. I started writing and I've enjoyed it and uh, and I've had fun and kind of now I kind of know a little bit of what I'm doing. So uh, I'm about a third of the way through with uh, book number two. So I, I pretty enjoy doing it. It's kind of uh, took me out of my comfort zone, you know. And, you know, but I've enjoyed it. All right, Coach. We look forward to the show tonight at 6 o'clock on Hattiesburg and Laurel. Thanks for thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. All right, Coach Joey Hawkins, everybody. That show tonight at 6. Kelly and I at uh, Sully tomorrow at 1 o'clock with Joy Lee McNellis. Looking forward to that. Me too. Should be fun. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.